welcome to this edition of The Source Podcast, The Week in Review, and the first one for February 2022, which is a bit of a downer. Jordan McDonald, welcome. Hi, February. Michael. Yeah. You're a fan <laughs> of February? The only good thing about it is it's the shortest month. That's true. It is. <laughs> it is the shortest month. That's right. Uh, I just say about February because my experience in newspapers, I always found that February was the month when readers were at their grumpiest. Mm. So they they just seem to be grumpier. And you can argue why. I mean, it's so hot in Queensland in February. It just feels like the hottest month. And we had some stinkers this we week. We did. Just had that little, that brief heat wave for the last couple of days here, followed by some storms. That's right. And people are back at work for another year after holidays potentially. Yeah. Some people are paying off um, debt worked up over the Christmas holidays. Yeah. And other factors maybe that just go into – it just seems that readers were grumpier in February than any other month. And we did see a news poll this week in the Australian newspaper, which wasn't great for the federal government. Seemed to be some stroppy people there. But also just talking to some of our – friends who work in media outlets and just saying that the traffic towards COVID stories has really dropped off. Right. So people sort of, and we sort of mentioned this at different stages in this two-year journey of COVID, but that golden goose that had been bringing so many people to news websites mm. over the last two years, it's really sort of flattened out. So there's a search on for what's the next really interesting story and Novak Djokovic definitely filled that gap couple of weeks ago with his uh, willy or won't he play in the Australian Open, followed by a uh, get the hell out of our country. Yes. Uh, but at the moment it seems a bit quiet. But what about you, Jordan, with COVID stories? Are you still clicking on them or have you had enough of them? I used to be the person that was first into the live stream for the press conference every day. So I was checking the uh, ABC live blog every day, the, the press conference and COVID live. I was all over it. I was very much in sync with wanting to know what was going on. But, yeah, I've, I've completely dropped off now. Since it's become so widespread and everyone's got it, I even got it myself, uh, yeah, just I've got no interest in the stories anymore. And I think that's what I'm seeing across social media as well with the reactions, particularly in the comments on COVID-related stories. Yep. Aside from the people that are sort of protesting their freedom and or sick of the sick of the uh, the the government's handling of it there is um, there's people that are just sick of hearing that the new normal the omicron yeah. new normal they're, they're really over it they're to the point where they're quite fed up people who are vaccinated previously would just read the article and let it yeah. go by just sort of now like come on let's let's move on yeah you know, we've had enough and we're sick of hearing about it every single day. Like it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And people are under the impression that the peak is sort of has, has met us and maybe mm. even passing us whether that's true or not. I don't know, but people are starting to move on and want to move on. And I guess when we had that threat of a lockdown, it impacted people's lives so much. And that was when it was at its height. Will we, or won't we lock down? Mm. What's going to happen? Do I have to, you know, get myself organised because things are going to be closed, etc. That's that's come and gone. I'm interested to see what sort of comes next in terms of uh, news consumption because we've had these massive stories, which we've mentioned before, on 
this podcast over time. Obviously, we have a federal election coming up in May. I yes. just don't think people seem to be in a politics mood at the moment either. No. Let's face it, it's not somewhere people run to when they're feeling a bit, I don't know, a bit scrappy about the fact it's uh, February in a, in a new month. I did once have, um, when I bought, I was almost looking for a, uh, a, a, a new senior position and it was coming to November and we thought we might advertise for uh, someone prior to Christmas to get the mm. ball rolling. The recruiter told me, don't advertise before Christmas. Uh, advertise in the new year because that's when people leave their jobs. Right. So they get back from the end of the year they, and they sort of don't think about changing as much towards Christmas. They get through to that and they come back after a break and they go, this job, nah, I don't like I'm it. done with it. Yep, I'm out. So... Um, yeah, let's see what happens in February. It'll be interesting to see. And if there is a story that, you know, your story like your Novak Djokovic or something like that that comes up, it may just get itself a bigger run than normal simply because of the way that February, I think, is different to other months in the way that media consumption happens. And one group that may not be liking February as much is our old friends at Facebook. We mentioned them a bit on this podcast, but a really interesting Facebook story came out uh, yesterday, Jordan, one that is definitely worth talking about. So what happened with Facebook? Indeed. So a big story came out with Facebook yesterday. For the first time ever, Facebook's user numbers fell. They fell down 500,000 users. So now they have about 1.93 billion logging in today, which is still substantial. <laughs> it's, it's, still it's an enormous yeah. amount of people. But this triggered the Meta's stock price to drop and it was actually the worst ever share market drop uh, by value and points. So the stock dropped 27%, which is roughly $322 billion. And to put that into perspective, that one day hit alone was worth more than the market value of 460 of the S&P's 500 members. <laughs> it's an enormous <laughs> amount. So there's really concerns for Facebook's user growth that it might have hit a ceiling. Uh, and then there's the threat of TikTok as well. Um, it's 1 billion plus users. Uh, their engagement is significantly ahead of Facebook at the moment. So what do you think is, you know, are some of the key takeouts here? Because it is interesting that Facebook's user numbers have dropped in a quarter for the first time. I mean, like we say, it's 500,000 off a base of 1.93 billion. So you know, hardly major, but at the same time, it's still significant. But what do you think are some of these main takeouts? The main takeout, I think, is how prevalent TikTok is, and that's where the younger people are going. I think there's the, the realisation that Facebook could actually miss out on, a, on an entire generation of its users is becoming very apparent. So I spoke about this a while ago on the podcast uh, with Facebook, that younger users perceive Facebook as the older person's platform the content isn't engaging enough. None of their friends are there. So why would they spend time there? Yeah. Plus, if you're someone like us that run a, a business page on Facebook, you will have noticed over the last few years that it's increasingly difficult to get engagement on your posts. So there's that as well. It's, it's, it, there's no really reward for being on the platform. And so I think that's really the major the takeaway for, for these these results i guess when you're facebook and you've been so used to being the disruptor and now you're being disrupted by the likes of tiktok mm. i mean we've seen a history of facebook 
um, when you're as powerful as they are, and you mentioned their financial base before, but when you're that powerful, you can go and acquire other businesses yep. a la Instagram. Mm-hmm. Let's just buy that. So you don't have to develop it as such. Someone else comes up with the idea and you take that. Mm-hmm. You're right about you know, that generation, I, I see my boys and their groups and they don't do yeah. anything. Same Facebook. as my younger brothers too, yeah. They're yeah. not on it. TikTok, it's all the time. Discord, these types of things. Snapchat but as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Snapchat. But They're all over that. Facebook is the thing that, you know, the older people get on. Um, and I think that uncertainty of trying to find the next thing and to make it work. I mean, my time in newspapers, I remember clearly when iPads came in and iPads became the thing where we thought, well, this is going to be a growth area mm-hmm. for newspapers here, iPads. And all sorts of newspapers did iPad editions and, you know, hoped. And they were good editions too. They were, they were well presented. But I think in the end we found that most of the users were actually people age 60 and above right, okay. who were good with technology mm-hmm. and who just moved there. So it wasn't as though we picked up new readers, we just diverted other readers from the traditional source. So right. trying to find that next thing. But we've discussed it many times here, that ongoing chat about the metaverse. And this looks to be sort of that holy grail that a lot of different organisations are running for. Yeah, so the metaverse is the the big project that they're working on. Like Facebook spent billions, like some ten billion dollars, setting it all up. But and that's certainly going to appeal to the the younger generation here that I think they're missing out on at the moment. But whether or not that metaverse starts to come into play soon enough to capture them, I don't know yet. Yeah, and that's if they get there as well. We've seen correct. What yeah. There's no guarantee that they'll get there either. It looks okay on some of the uh, models you can see where you can go into the metaverse and feel as though you're there. We've heard people talk about working in a metaverse environment where mm. you're, you know, rather than sitting there with Zoom, you're sitting there feeling as though you're next to your colleague who is, of course, in another location. So that's there. But in the short term, so metaverse is that massive goal and whatever it can unlock. But in the short term... Facebook's, or sorry, Meta, as it's known, is talking up uh, Instagram Reels. What's that about? Yeah, so Instagram Reels is the Instagram's version or attempt at competing with TikTok. It is that short-form video. But what I noticed with Instagram Reels is it's pretty much just recycled TikToks. Like quite literally, people have shot the TikTok and they post it on their <laughs> TikTok, but they'll download it and then go to their Instagram account and upload it there. But it's got the TikTok logo on the bottom yeah, corner right. with their handle. So it's almost like ongoing advertising for them. Um, and if it's not a TikTok that's being recycled, it's a lot of the same remixed, recycled reels. There's not much variety on there. And it's just, it's not the same as TikTok. People aren't spending the time on reels. They've got TikTok and that's, that's where they're, yeah. they're operating. I know Twitter's been kicking around spaces for a while they and have. trying to harass people into using spaces, but they're... They're tough asks, aren't they, to get people to do that? Yeah, it is a really tough ask. I don't think Spaces has done too well for Twitter just yet. Um, whether or not they commit to that and try and expand it more, we'll see. One interesting thing yesterday was the number of times that Mark Zuckerberg did bring up the opposition in terms of discussion, TikTok, etc. But I guess that doesn't hurt to bring up the opposition when you're trying to convince legislators and this has been an ongoing topic that you're not dominant Mm -hmm. and that there are competitors so to keep you bringing them up in those types of 
earnings calls doesn't hurt. And also one little interesting thing was the challenges that Facebook is having uh, with Apple's new privacy policy, which puts more control in the user in determining how they're followed in, in their digital use. So Facebook has said it's trying to find a workaround to that. But again, there's some problems there. And of course, that comes into ad revenue. And that's it what is, drives it. It does. It's a big problem for them. So Facebook get draws most of its revenue, like 97% of its revenue from ads. But Apple's new privacy policy where it asks the user, um, can we track you and you can opt in or out? A lot of people have opted out of the tracking, so that's really hurt Facebook's uh, ad revenue big time. So the behemoth Facebook and Apple having a fight there, which Apple seems to be winning on that Indeed. front. Uh, on other issues to talk about this week, how long, Jordan, is too long for a movie? It's oh. a good talking point. I know. I read a great article this week in The Guardian and the, uh, the author of this article was talking about movie lengths. She just watched... Uh, she was talking about the upcoming Batman movie with uh, starring Robert Pattinson. And it runs 175 minutes, which is just shy of the oh three-hour mark. Man, 175. It's an enormous amount of time. So I love Batman movies as much as the next guy, but if I want to see this movie, I need to set aside a serious chunk of time, you know? And it shouldn't be... Movies shouldn't be an endurance test, but it seems that they are increasingly getting longer. More often, are not getting longer. Now, there is a belief out there that it's in favour of these longer movies that... The longer the film, the more value for money. And the longer the movie, the better the quality. I just don't agree with that, though. <laughs> I can't say I've seen a three-hour movie that couldn't do with a, a trim. <laughs> the last one I actually watched was The Irishman. It was three hours, 29 minutes. And that certainly could have uh, lost... Sort of could have got a trim, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, they actually did a study. She talks about a study in this article... It was conducted in Britain, and uh, most people got back and said the ideal movie length was just under two hours. So yeah, I tend to agree. I think it needs to be short and sweet, get to the point, and deliver the message concisely, um, but still long enough to give the value and, and the fans what they really want to see. But three hours is a stretch. Yeah, I I must say the I do now look all the time. Anytime before I watch a movie, how long it goes for. Mm -hmm. Even if same. I'm at home, I'll look at that. I'm the same. Um, I think there are exceptions to the rule. Uh, this is this month is the 50th anniversary month of The Godfather. Okay. All of almost three hours of it. Mm. And I am a fan of The Godfather. And I think that the pace of that movie is such that those three hours go by in a, in a, in a very... Oh, I didn't, you don't really notice it, but yeah. that's the skill of a filmmaker. That's it. And if the skill of the filmmaker can warrant three hours versus the lack of skill of mm. the filmmaker to actually trim their movie, uh, and any journalist can tell you what it's like to have your story cut and, um, you know, have your uh, thousand words of magic become 400 words of, uh, you know, something. but that, that's how it goes. There's a skill in doing that. So There is. Yeah, I would, I would never advocate for a, a movie of the skill of The Godfather to be cut, but 175 minutes for Batman? I mean, how complicated can it be? I don't know. As good as bad I'm Yeah, I'm curious to check it out, but I know at some point I'll be looking at the watch going, how much longer maybe? Mind you, James Bond was nice and long too, and I didn't even check the watch once there. That was That was perfect. Wanted more even. That was two hours forty three, and and I guess that was again the skill of the filmmaker, and it was such. Uh, well, put it this way, that's a film 
I spent a couple of days going over in my head after I saw mm. that. There was a few big calls in that movie. Very, very big calls, particularly the ending there. Won't spoil it for anyone though who hasn't yeah, well, seen it. That's right. So okay, so let's yeah, I agree with you. I think I just noticed that the Kenneth Branagh new movie is something like 99 minutes or... or Double uh, digits. That's rare. So maybe then you do need to put a little uh, feature on at the start of the cinema, little <laughs> the old-fashioned... Maybe. used to be a little feature. So uh, this weekend, are you watching any short or long movies? No short or long movies. I'm just watching a, uh, a recommendation from mum and dad. Uh, it's called The White Lotus. And uh, a friend, two, two of my best friends actually watched it as well. So I've got a few recommendations coming from all directions to give it a look. I Good believe point. it's uh, a comedy, drama, thriller type scenario where it's different couples uh, all arrive at this one hotel, The White Lotus. Okay. And it, uh, it's only six episodes, but it looks at the six different groups and apparently the ending is... Unexpected to say the least. Dad's words. Okay, good plug. I might check that out. I've got nothing to offer to that conversation. I'm on the search for something new as well. I might check it out. Enjoy the weekend. You too.